from the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey on this festive Friday afternoon, it is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. And Danny Flecker joins us. Hello, Danny. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I am. I am good. Are you ready tomorrow to watch a game on Peacock? Unfortunately, I have no choice. Right? They, they do this to us. They, they lock us in this prison that is streaming sports, and we will be stuck watching it on on Peacock. Um, you know, I, I don't know how many people like college football that listen or what the appetite is for bowl games this time of year, but it is nice to be able to flip back and forth between the two. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's the one thing I hate about streaming is that you are locked in. You have no other option. Sometimes getting out of the app and getting back into the app is more trouble than it's worth. Oh, it's way more trouble. Yeah. Um, it's, it's annoying. I, I absolutely hate it. Um, and... But it will be a, a commercial free fourth quarter. Streaming is all commercial, though. Like, that's what I don't think people get. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it's, it's one big commercial. Um, uh, and I bet that there'll be, like, in some corner, like, an advertisement with a QR code that you yep. can scan and go shopping. Yep. Like, it's, it's all a commercial. And right? I bet that next-gen stat thing from AWS will come in and the Walmart 4K Skycam thing will come in in the fourth quarter. Like, I bet they've got it all down to a T. Um, yeah. Yeah, they get you. They, they think we're stupid. Uh, <laughs> we're, I, I don't think I am, at least. It's all just a money grab, and it's all just advertisements left and right everywhere you look so they're gonna it may not be like a physical commercial but they'll find a way to make sure that their product is displayed and if they can get your attention especially for those last minute shoppers need to go pick something up on yeah. Sunday so they're, they're not gonna miss out on that I want to jump ahead to Monday for a second to Christmas Day itself um, the night game is intriguing for a myriad of reasons are you looking for anything out of Kansas City or Philly in either of those first two games? I think for Kansas City, it's a continuation of just improving a little bit more on what it is that you did last week. Um, last week was still not as crisp, I think, as they wanted to wanted it to be. Mahomes threw a couple of interceptions again at the responsibility of his wide receivers. And these are the games if you're the Chiefs here. You know, they have the Raiders, Cincinnati, and, and Chargers to close out here. You know, two of those games are at home. The Chargers will be lame duck at the end of this year. These are the games where you need to start installing the packages and the players and the spots that you think are going to be the most efficient for you when you start the playoffs because it's still not looking good, you know, from a – I think I could crisp it. Like, they're not crisp, right? Like, it's just not looking as crisp as I think they want it to be. Um, and this is an opportunity to do that. You know, the Raiders are a team overall that Mahomes has done very, very well against. I think this is an opportunity for them to really start, again, cementing, you know, which players, which packages, which formations you know, work best for them when it is that they're going to get into the playoffs. And, and the Raiders are actually a great team for them to do that against because of the style of defense that they play. It's very much, you know, a shell coverage, and they're probably going to see a lot of that in the playoffs, um, even though the, the Chiefs haven't really 
had a lot of big plays this year, explosive plays. They still have to get used to, you know, matriculating down the field, and it's just, uh, just not something that's worked well for them this year. So hopefully they're able to get that stuff situated, and then they're going to be able to, you know, understand when they get into their playoffs because right now you're looking at playing four games if you want to get to the Super Bowl. If uh, if you're the Chiefs, it's not something that you're used to. If you're the no. Chiefs, you know, you, you've had that by, um, you know, who knows again how the cookie may crumble here. Um, you know, with the playoffs and the seeding, you know, there's still two teams ahead of them. Both those teams are, are facing rather, you know, relatively tough schedules. Um, so they could again get that by, um, but in, in in the event that they don't, you know, you're looking at playing three games in the playoffs in your conference and then the Super Bowl, and that's just not something that they've done. So this is a great opportunity for them to understand, you know, what, yeah, what works best for them moving forward because they're going to be doing something a little bit different this year. And they're also maybe potentially go on the road. Again, something that they have not done in the Mahomes era. So um, they, they need to understand which players they can rely on and what makes Mahomes most comfortable when he's heading out there for each and every drive. Um, anything for Philly, really, that you want to... <laughs> I mean... I think we said this week after week, right? There's just something that doesn't look right with that offense. Yeah. And, and it, I don't know if it's the, the cadence at which they're calling the plays. Uh, it hurts his, you know, bank up. Or yeah. I don't know what it is with them uh, because they still have a great offensive line. They still have dynamic receivers. They have a dynamic running back. They have all the pieces here you would think that would, would let them eventually, like, figure things out. Positive for them is that they're in a very small spot as Kansas City, right? Um, they're, they're, they're on the outside looking in right now of a home playoff game. Um, Dallas is a tougher schedule to close out the year, but, but Philadelphia has the Giants twice and the Cardinals. You know, talk about a, a, a setup. Talk about just being able to go out there and run things that you feel comfortable with and really getting good at what it is that you are good at. These games present that for Philadelphia. I think when I watch Philadelphia, they're like they're they're, they're not using the run game efficiently. Um, they're not throwing the running the running backs out of the backfield. Um, in that game on Sunday, you know, we saw. I mean, on Monday, I saw a number of plays where Hurts had like underneath guys or guys in the flat that were very quick, easy throws, first downs, a couple of you know five to ten yard plays. And he chose not to throw that ball and instead chose to go down the field. And it, that rhythm is just not there right now. And I think you need to build your way up if, if you're Philadelphia. It's like start to master that intermediate part of the field. You know you have game breakers in Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. Those plays will come once you sort of soften up the defense a little bit. But I expect Philadelphia to get really into the run game next couple of weeks, really define what, again, their best personnel is, their best formations, their best, you know, plays, and understand that there's a good chance here they are either on the road to start the playoffs or they're going to only get one game at home and then potentially go on the road. Um, so they, those are the things I think that they need to do and figure out right now. But, again, like I said this for a number of weeks, like they just feel off and, and I think I've been proven right, but again, when you're playing the Giants, Cardinals, and the Giants again, 
you have a great opportunity here to, to really kind of set yourself up for what you think is going to be a long playoff run. Talking with Daniel Flucker here on Teeing It Up. Um, so we go, I, I walk into a bar, got great, got great music after the game last week in uh, New Orleans. And I look at the score and it was hard. it was twenty four to three and Buffalo had just scored in that moment, I believe. What in the world I think I have that right. What in the world so 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 now it's thirty one to three. What in the world is the difference between on the road Dallas and home Dallas? Because now they're on the road again against uh, uh, against Miami. This is this is this is like this is like healthier scale. It, it's, it's if you go back, their losses are at Arizona, at San Francisco, at Philly, and now at Buffalo. Is it just luck? Is there something about being on the road? Because I walked in that in, in, in that bar shocked at what that score was. Yeah, when I was looking at that game last week, you know, one of the things I was looking at was how would the Dallas defense adjust to Buffalo? And one of the things I picked up on just like reading and figuring things out was that Dallas's defense is really aggressive. They like to come up field, they like to get after the quarterback, and they like to, you know, make big hits. What did Buffalo do in that game last week? They slowed things down and they went at them. So rather than trying to out-scheme them on the outside, they just ran right at them. They used their running backs to pull their linebackers out of their run fits. They used their running back to confuse them on pass plays. I think Josh Allen completed seven passes in that game. They did what I think you know you saw San Francisco do, and that's just run at them and really use their aggressiveness against them. On the flip side, Dallas's offense was just out of sync. Buffalo's game plan was perfect. And I think when you look at Dallas, and a lot of these teams too, you look at Dallas, uh, Detroit, you know, these teams that Miami, you can even throw in there, these teams that are eventually going to potentially play in these elements. It was a nasty day up in Buffalo wasn't comfortable. These teams are used to playing in perfect conditions. Don't, and we all yeah, know that yeah. in the playoffs, that's not necessarily a given, especially with the way things break down. Now, Dallas is going to Miami. One would think it's going to be a perfect day. You know, warm, nice, fast track. Um, it, it presents more of a similar environment than it does, than it does uh, you know, than it does in Dallas, right? It's going to be kind of a similar situation there. But I think Dallas was just smacking the mouth, and I don't think they're a good team to go punch for punch, at least right now. Uh, they're a front-running team. They like to get out in front. Again, come after you. They want to use their pass rush to, to throw you off. They want to get you an obvious passing down situation. Buffalo never gave them that opportunity to do that. And they went right after them. I think Miami's a different, a different type of uh, opponent for them. I don't think that they're going to see a lot of that um, from Miami. Miami's going to look to, you know, gain the edges, use their motion to confuse them, use their speed to outflank them. 
um, especially on offense. On defense, I think Dallas, I mean, when Dallas has the ball and Miami's on defense, I think Dallas does have, does have some opportunity to exploit Miami's defense. I don't think Miami's defense is as good as, you know, people may think it is. You know, when I was looking at handicapping this game, kind of threw that game last week out the window that Miami played. You know, when, when you play invisible linemen, it's very easy to, to shut a team out and force four turnovers, five turnovers, whatever it is. I think Dallas presents a much difficult opportunity for, for Miami on defense. So I think it's going to be a back-and-forth game, though. Both teams have a lot of good skill players. Both teams are opportunistic on defense, which might create some big plays on the back end. Uh, I think it comes down to, in this game, which quarterback plays better. You know, Is Tua ready to step up and lead his team to potentially number one seed? Or is, is Dak ready to you know kind of shed that label of, of – Faltering at big games and collapsing down the stretch. My money this week is probably with Dallas. I just think that even if Tyreek Hill is out there, he's going to be less than 100%. He's going to affect the game. But Tua has been a little bit more turnover prone the last couple of weeks than, say, Dak has been. And I do think that uh, McCarthy's offensive scheme plays well into the deficiencies of the Miami team. So I think Dallas wins this weekend, but if if they're chasing Miami around and confusing the back end with all the motion, it's going to be a very long day for Dallas. Dan Flecker here with us on uh, Teeing It Up. The, uh, and uh, uh, by the way, Josh Allen too uh, was 7 of 15, so only 7 completed passes compared to 49 total rushes for uh, Buffalo in that game last week. The, the other game this week that I'm a little interested in is Cincinnati-Pittsburgh on Saturday. The Cincinnati team, I watched this game from a casino, so maybe my thoughts are a little uh, uh, different than normal than they would be. But I watched this game at a casino, I saw Baltimore's, I, 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 I saw the back and forth Cincinnati, that game goes to overtime, so on and so forth. That's a heck of a win for Cincinnati. I think if they want to cement themselves as that they can do this without Joe Burrow and really make a run, this might be the week. You know, because Pittsburgh, for all that Mike Tomlin, if Mike Tomlin's job is on the line, this is a damn good week to show to to, to show up if you're Pittsburgh. So I think this would be a really really good coup for Cincy if they get that win. Yeah, last week's game against Minnesota was very interesting. It, it was a weird game. Cincinnati was outplayed for three quarters. They could not stop them on defense. Offensively, they weren't able to get a lot of things moving. And then all of a sudden, you started to see Cincinnati find some space in that defense, attack it, make some plays. You had some whoopsie daisy plays too from Jake Browning that like you were able. You know, some of the throws he made that kept drives alive for Cincinnati. You're like. What are you doing? You can't throw that ball. Um, and it worked out for him. That touchdown to T. Higgins was absolutely ridiculous. Not only from, like, a why are you throwing that ball up there, but, you know, let's give, you know, credit to T. Higgins for coming back, fighting for that ball, yeah. and then the wherewithal that they, you know, reach behind him and, and score that touchdown. You know, everyone says it's a lucky play. I'd rather be lucky than good. At the end, you know, it was just a hell of a play by them. 
this is a tough situation though in the spot for them. You're going into Pittsburgh, night game. No, I'm sorry, mid afternoon game. Going into night, it'll be dark. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it'll be dark and Pittsburgh's desperate, but the one thing I look at when I look at Pittsburgh is like maybe they're just not good. Right? Like they're not a good team. They they pulled out a bunch of games early on in the year, very low scoring games, uh, one score games. Even if Cincinnati's not playing well, they're going to be in the game, which is even worse, I think, if you're Pittsburgh. You know, you want to be able to maybe, you know, put these types of teams in your rear view mirror. And I just don't see that happening with Pittsburgh. You're not going to blow them out. You're on your third quarterback. Your wide receivers have produced moments this year where you're like, why are you even on this team? You know, they're not. They're not blocking for their running backs. They're, you know, they're keeping their own self-interest at heart. Their defense is going to be out two safeties. Their middle, their linebacking core has been kind of a mess. If Cincinnati can uh, hold up front on both sides of the line of scrimmage, because they are they are without some you know key pieces on their defensive line, and you still have to worry about T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith on the other side. If they can hold up on the on those line of scrimmages, I really don't see how Pittsburgh can win that game. You know, Pittsburgh's going to win this game by creating turnovers, short fields for their team, and some big plays maybe on special teams. So Cincinnati's able to just kind of hold them in check, kind of have each play be like a stalemate almost, and yeah. try to eventually hit that big play. Um, I, I think that they have an opportunity to win this game. I I know everyone's always like Tomlin is a dog, Tomlin after a loss, blah blah blah. Like I don't buy that. I I think a lot of those statistics were when you had like Big Ben and, and Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and really good teams. This team's just not that good. Uh, and I think it's okay to say that, right? It, it happens. He's had a hell of a run there. I don't think his job's on the line. I think that they're going to look to maybe refresh the roster a little bit. Um, and bring in some more competition in certain positions. But this team just, you know, it's hard to win an NFL game when you can't score 17 points. They have trouble doing that. And I do think Cincinnati has an opportunity here. I like the way they're coached. I like their team. I like the fight that they showed the last couple of weeks. Knowing their backs have been, uh, their backs have been up against the wall. And I do think that they... Have some revenge going into Pittsburgh. It was Jake Browning's first start when they lost to them. I think they're going to rally around him and rally around this team um, and, and bring it to Pittsburgh uh, on Saturday afternoon. I just don't think Pittsburgh has any firepower to, to run away with any type of game, and that's the type of situation they need to put themselves in. Daniel Flecker with us here on uh, Teeing It Up. What other games from the slate strike you? First game, I think, you know, when you look at Sundays, the Colts and Falcons, the NFC South is still up for, up for it. I think we said especially last Especially after week, last night. Especially after this thing's not looking very good. I think we said last week that there was only one division that was locked up, right? Yeah. And NFC West and that. All the other, I think now we can safely say that the NFC North is probably going to the Detroit Lions way. Um, and then AFC West is going, you know, Kansas City's way, I think, after Detroit, after Denver loss. But you still have 
a ton of divisions that are up for grabs here, and one of them being the AFC South and the NFC South. With the three-way tie in the AFC South, and the NFC South is, God, I mean, whoever wants to come out of there, you know, good luck in the first round of the playoffs, but Atlanta is just one of the most confusing teams I think I've ever seen. <laughs> you go into, I get it, Carolina was, you know, a messy game, weird game, but you give your top running back one one touch um, all game, your defense can't hold up at the end, you lose the game 9-7, and now you have an indie team coming in that's been pretty hot, that's very well coached, has an opportunity here to do something special with their season. You know, this is a coin flip game for me just because of the type of games the Falcons play. I, I Again, I was looking at this and, and handicapping it to see, you know, if there's a side I want to take. All the Falcons games have been played within a two to eight point margin. That's crazy. That's crazy. And, and it really comes down to, you know, do they have the ability to hold teams off? I don't think that they do. And then they have trouble coming back because their passing attack is so inconsistent because the, their play calling is so inconsistent. So I, it's really a bit of a... I, I lean Indy here just because of the way that they've been playing and the way that they've been coached. Um, and Atlanta doesn't use the best of their pieces at all times. So that game is really intriguing. I mean, that game could go a long way in determining you know, some of the playoffs that we're going to see here the final last two weeks of the season. But like Atlanta's got to figure it out or Arthur Smith's got to be gone. You can't draft three offensive playmakers in the first round. <coughs> excuse me, in the first round of the NFL draft and not use them at all, right? Right. Detroit, Minnesota is interesting too. Detroit big win last week. Minnesota heartbreaking loss, but you have Justin Jefferson back. That defense is playing better. Detroit's been a yo-yo all season. Positive for them is this game is indoors. If it was outdoors, you could pretty much put an L next to the game. But I think this is going to give them a game. I, I like the way that they've been playing. I like the way they've been coached. Um, Detroit has lapses here. The way they played last week was probably their first complete game in a long, long time, probably since they played you know, Carolina. You know, All their other games have kind of been back and forth or, you know, they pull away late or they come back and win the game. So I like I like Minnesota to cover this week. I think they could pull out the, the outright upset as well. I just don't like the way Detroit, you know, their consistency, their consistency just has not been there for me. Um, and then the last game I think that's probably, you know, the last two games are, you know, Jacksonville-Tampa. You know, what, is Jacksonville doing the opposite? what they did last year. Last year, I believe they still threw up two and six and then, you know, made the playoffs. This year, they were six and two. Now they sit here at eight and six and Tampa Bay, you know, has an opportunity here to, I think, to maybe win the division if they're able to get this win and, you know, keep going. And what a story that would be with Baker Mayfield, you know, going in there and leading this team to the playoffs. And then the last game of the, of the weekend is, you know, San Francisco-Baltimore. Really, really big game. Um, San Francisco wants to lock up that one seed. Doesn't want to really leave any room for error there. Baltimore, 
I am torn on them. I don't think they're as good as their record indicates. Uh, offensively, they've looked clunky the last couple of weeks. They just keep suffering injuries. They're not as dynamic as they were at the beginning of the year when they had like Mark Andrews and, and everybody that was healthy there. Their you know their run game is kind of plotting. If Lamar's not the one running the ball, their pass game looks a little bit out of sync. Uh, you know Odell's hurt, Zay Flowers is hurt. Like, you know they're they're kind of piecing it together offensively. I, I I don't think they're built right now to be that dominant team in the AFC that we all thought that they may have been earlier in the year. I just think the injuries have kind of chipped away at some of their depth and some of their explosiveness. So can they hang with San Fran on Monday night? I think for a little bit, but I think we say every week, the San Francisco team, like when they want to put it into another gear, they don't stop. And good luck trying to cover Kittle, Ayuk, Debo, Christian McCaffrey, it's really hard to do, and on top of that, like Brock Purdy is just so efficient with the ball. Half the guys he throws to are just wide open. It's going to be a really tough game, I think, for Baltimore Monday night. I want you to take a step back for a second, Danny. Right now, Crystal Ball, the Super Bowl matchup is? Yeah, the AFC is, is tough, right? It's, right? it's so muddied. I, I think... I've said this the last couple of weeks. I think if Buffalo gets in there and avoids Kansas City in the first round, I think Buffalo is going to the Super Bowl. There's not a team in the AFC that I think I look at look at them playing that I'm like they are a significant disadvantage against them. A trip, another trip to Kansas City would be tough. It's been a house of horrors for them in the playoffs. They won there in the regular season, but they haven't won there in the playoffs. That would be a tough matchup for them, just given the history and, and the circumstances in that stadium for them when it comes to you know the, the playoffs. But if they can get in there, get like the you know five or, or six seed, and again avoid Kansas City, I think they have a great opportunity to make the, the, the Super Bowl. I just I like the way they're playing. I like the way they've rallied around each other. They've played really good football. They're one of the top statistical teams in football even though they are 8-6. and six. So, if they can win on on uh, Saturday and then let everything else happen behind them, we could potentially be looking at them jumping up from the 9 C, which is what they are right now, up to the up to the, either the 6 or 5 C. So, I'll, I'll take Buffalo. Again, they're not in the playoffs right now, but I, I have a good feeling they're going to get there, and I like the way they're going to match up with most of the teams in there. And You look at the AFC, Jacksonville's there right now, Cleveland's there, Cincy's there, Houston's there. They all have you know backup quarterbacks, and, and Houston should have C.J. Stroud back, but a lot of these teams are playing with one arm tied behind their back and need a perfect game to win. So if they can match up against one of those teams, I just really like the way that they're going to be able to do that. And again, I'll, I'll take my I'll take my chances with them going Arrowhead potentially and beating the, and beating Kansas City. And the NFC, I just don't see how it's not San Francisco. Same. I, I just don't like. Can Dallas go into San Francisco and win a game? Can Philly go in there? Like I don't trust Detroit on the road. 
you know, one interesting team might be the Rams, the way they've been playing. Could the Rams be one of those teams that potentially throws a wrench to something? Maybe. I mean, the way that they've been playing offense, but we all know that when the Rams play the 49ers, they get their butts kicked. So I, I don't see how it's anyone other than San Francisco coming out of the NFC. You're going to need a perfect performance to go into San Francisco potentially and to beat them. You know, Dallas played them tight last year, but again, like, I don't trust, I don't trust any of these other teams. And, and Philadelphia would be the other team that I think could play with them. We've already seen it happen once this year, and I just don't think that Philadelphia is the same type of team as they were last year. So it's got to be San Francisco coming out of the NFC. So you're looking at potentially San Francisco versus, you know, Buffalo. We shall see how these predictions in week 16, because I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, especially in the NFC. I think San Francisco is the best team right now in football period. We shall see how these uh, these predictions week 16 look when we're sitting on, uh, on February 11th uh, getting ready for the Super Bowl from Las Vegas. Danny Flecka, thank you as always for coming on Teeing It Up and Merry Christmas to you and the fam. Thank you, my man. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to all of you out there. Thanks for listening to this edition of Teeing Up with Jeremy Schilling.